0: also just want to welcome people on YouTube. Uh, we'll upload the video and uh, to SoundCloud a little bit later this afternoon. And then to the people on Zoom, um, on, on Thursday, I think it was at prayer or Friday, Zaneles was also, she was uh, speaking to the people on Zoom and she said, welcome to all the Zoomers. And I didn't get what she was saying when she said all the Zoomers." she was saying z-o-o-m-e-r-s i heard z-u-m-a-s zoomers i was like oh goodness standard attention yes sir <laughs> so it's so funny i was like who are you welcoming I, I, like is there somebody on there that i should greet uh, you know very dignified and she didn't know what i was saying it's so funny the english language well any language has all the, all those funny things so when we talk about Zoomers, it's Z-O-O-M-E-R-S, okay. Um, so we're carrying on this series this morning, folks, and it's entitled Abide, The Power and the Beauty of God's Word. And this morning, what we are going to be looking at is the, 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 that God's Word has life, but I just want to recap from last week. Because I didn't have slides last week, and I was speaking to somebody this week, and I said, how did you find the message? And they said, it was very encouraging. They said, well, quite honestly, I got a bit lost. (laughs) Why? Because they're used to having slides where it's all numbered, you know, and you can follow nicely. So just for those of you who got lost last week, okay, I'm going to put it up. You can listen on YouTube and SoundCloud and various places. So Cynthia, just put it up for us over there. So we looked at elements of a rich devotional life. And we looked at having worship in your devotional life, waiting on God, prayer, the word, fasting, and journaling. And you'll remember Babalwa mentioned just the fasting element. We just touched on these various elements. And and I said, you know, maybe this year, maybe just one or two of those you could tweak. I'm not saying incorporate all of them in your devotions tomorrow. I'm saying maybe let the Lord lead you to just... just spice it up a bit and work a little bit i put on there under word i don't know how many of you listened or did the devotional yesterday which was the last of the devotional for this week and the speaker i forget uh, his name Um, he's from uh, uae he mentioned this about the word remember he said you must rubo the word and i've never heard that acronym before but i really like it he says rubo stands for read understand, believe, and obey. Rubo your word. Read, understand, believe, and obey. And I just thought that's so good. I may just unpack that a little bit sometime, but not today. Anyway, you guys can, can get that online. And uh, last week, our theme scripture, remember, was from John chapter 1, and it's on this, on the slides there on the screen. And it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. Reading the New Living Translation. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And remember, we looked at that in a Hebrew to a Jewish person, you cannot separate God from His Word. They literally esteemed the Word of God like it was God Himself. And I just love that that devotion to God. And, and this is really what the Scripture says. But, but what John is saying, it's so much deeper. He's saying the Word is Jesus. If you read chapter 1, he's saying the Word is Jesus. How did God create? He created through Jesus. As He spoke the Word, Jesus created everything that, that is. Verse 2, He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. Verse 4, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. I've underlined in that verse, the Word gave life. And it goes on to say, His life brought light to everyone. And our title this morning's message is entitled basically that, the Word gives life. Folks, how in Genesis chapter 1, everything was created. It says that, and God said, dot, dot, let there be light. And Jesus, who is the Word, brought it into being. Folks, this is the reality. Let us not underestimate the power of God's Word to bring life into your life. There may be areas of your life you're saying, sure, you know that area this area and i'm using my physical body as a metaphor that area of my life folks maybe that's an area that you need to get god's word on that situation into that situation to bring life just as god spoke it kaboom and things were created words become worlds and maybe there are areas of your life you say god i just need your word I need your word in that. So we're going to be looking from John chapter 5. So last week we looked at John chapter 1. So in the series on abiding, we're looking at what what abiding in the word means from the book of John, written by the Apostle John, the beloved disciple. And I want to go to this scripture from John chapter 5, which is our where we're going to look at this morning. Truly, truly, Jesus said. I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now on the screen I've highlighted these words life. I didn't realize how much in the book of John, John uses the word life. Uh, If you do a word study, the words eternal life occurs seven times. And and for example, when, when Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, when he spoke to the woman at the well, at most of the big miracle stories in the book of John, Jesus doesn't just speak about life, he speaks about eternal life. Have you thought about just the concept of eternal life? You know, I used to have the problem with eternal life that I think, well, that is what happens when I leave this earth suit. When this body says, you know, Pelile, finish and claw, I'm out of here. And that's when eternal life starts. But do you know that's not the understanding of eternal life? How can you say, if it's eternal, how can it have a time that it starts? Surely eternal means, how much of eternal life can we enter into this side of being in, in, in our earth suit. Being in our body. I'm challenged by that. I'm like, how much, how close can we walk with Jesus? This side of eternity. We talk about eternity being like... And, I, and I'm challenged by that. Jesus, seven times in John, used the words, I'm giving you eternal life. I'm giving you eternal life. I'm giving you eternal life. Have you apprehended eternal life? The word life itself, without the word eternal before it, occurs 53 times in John. 53 times. And remember, we were looking at John, uh, just the background to John, when we looked at the woman in the well last year. We did a series looking at her. And John writes and gives us the purpose for his writing the book of John, which is very helpful. And that's found in John 20, verse 31. And it's on the next slide. Um, But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. There's that word life again. John wrote this book that you and I may have life. Remember, it comes through Jesus believing uh, authentically who Jesus is. He's trying to reveal in every story what Jesus is really like so that our faith may be authentic and real. We know what this Jesus is like. But folks, this book was written that we may have life. And it comes through the Word. Remember, it was written so that you may have life. Don't underestimate your Bible. I want to put a warning on this. You know, very often, you know, contracts. Have you read the fine print? There's fine print to this book. I've got to warn you, it's going to bring life into your life. Okay? And that's meant to inspire you and say, God, I want to read your word. I want to rubo your word. I want to read it. I want to understand it. I want to believe it. Because remember, there's believing involved in this. I want to believe it and I want to obey it. I want to do it. I want it to become incarnation. That's when it becomes a part of you. When you, when you obey it. And so, folks, the Word gives life is what we're looking at this morning. Now, you know, Google knows a lot of things. Okay? So I asked myself this question. What is true life and how do we get it? But of course we've got to ask Google this. Okay? Because just now, you know, the Bible, you know, sometimes, you know. So Google it. And you know the amazing thing about Google? You can get... 1.7 million answers in 0.3 nanoseconds. I mean, that's phenomenal. But now you've got to wade through these 1.7 million answers, these hits that it got on the 10 billion websites that it searched in 0.3 nanoseconds, and, and you've got to now figure out which is the right answer. How about this answer? This is what Google gave me. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> what is true life? And how do we get it? That's one of the 1.7 million answers you can get when you ask Google about life, okay? How many of you think, I'm going with that one. Google must be right. Give me a packet of life cigarettes. I found abundant life, eternal life. I mean, okay, I'm kidding. I, I did actually Google life cigarettes. But it is ironic. Don't you think it's ironic? Something that causes such major health problems is branded life. And I mean, the, I don't even know. Do you, I don't even know. Do you still get them? I haven't. I, I grew up in a smoking culture. My parents used to smoke, and etc. And my uncles and aunts and grandparents, everybody used to smoke. So there were always cigarettes around. I remember seeing these. I don't know. Does anybody know? Do you still get them? I don't even know if you get them. Discontinued. How do you know, Walter? <laughs> okay. No, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. Okay. <laughs> anyway probably they've been discontinued okay but but you know what you know what i wanted to highlight is you know people look at google for a lot of things and you know they i'm not saying anybody has but you know you've got to wade through 1.7 million hits that google will get on this question uh, to find the right answer i would say i think the bible is easier when when the bible says when john says i've written this that you might might believe and in believing have life folks let's let's embrace that let's believe what the scriptures says amen there's value in google i totally get it but now we're asking what is true life how do we get it what does true life look like maybe you guys could relate to this picture better maybe this picture is a better I'm telling you, those guys have life, hey? I mean, this is like the life we are looking for, okay? If you're wondering where the other folks in our church are, they're on the beach down in Durbs. okay? With waiters waiting on them, etc. They found true life. I mean, you know, churches... Uh, I don't know about true life in church. Now, you know, this picture. I I really like this picture. and And, and I'm actually going to have some fun with this picture. So, so... Look, it is created to be idyllic. It is like, I can't fault anything. But can we just take a bit of time to look at this picture and think about what's really happening there? Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer here. I, I, I only know the picture. I actually don't know the characters behind But I'm going to paint a story to you which could be true. Firstly, these are most likely actors that have been on that beach for quite a few hours trying to get the perfect shot with lots of helps and assistance behind the cameras you know painting their noses and making sure everything all the clothes are right and and everything so they are not so so how does that blow your bubble thinking it's not a couple Madeline love on their dream getaway with a waiter just serving whatever their hearts desire so, so, you know, I was thinking, you know, how about this scenario? That waiter over there, he's actually really, really not happy. Although he's walking with a, with a kind of a smile on his face. Because he was hoping to get the main role of the dude lying on the stretcher. And he got the role of the waiter. So now he's got to walk on this blisteringly hot beach with a suit and tie and shoes and he's really upset with his friend who got the main role you know and and he's so upset about this that it's actually damaged their relationship he's not sure that he can be friends with his mate who gets to lie next to the babe on the stretcher over there so he's actually walking with a smile but he's thinking about this guy lying here i hate your guts you know so he's actually not happy at all he's incredibly hot inside that suit and he's, he's really not a happy camper. Okay? The, the, the babe lying over there, um, who looks so, so blissfully happy, what, what we don't know is she's actually just really recently broke up with a, her long-standing boyfriend. And she is mad with him. And she's decided that she's going to get back with, back and get even with him. And she's trying to make up to the, the, the model of the, the dude who's lying next to, next to her. She's thinking, I'm going to get back to my, I'm going to get my back on, I'm going to get revenge on my boyfriend by, by by making out with this dude over here. So she's she's kind of putting on the hots there, not really for the camera, because she wants wants to get back on her, on her boyfriend who's jilted her, okay. And then the dude who's lying there, super cool, you know, um, on the stretcher over there, his story is that he, he 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 got this amazing contract to do these couple of ads. And uh, based on that, he decided to buy himself some fast cars. Uh, he bought himself the biggest big screen TV you can imagine. Um, but uh, what, he, what he didn't realize is that he was a, you know, a, a one contract wonder. He got this one contract. He hasn't got any more contracts. Uh, but uh, the, the, the people who, who he bought the car from still want the repayments the month after his contract ends and six months after his contract ends, and the people he bought the big screen TV from also want repayments a year from now because he signed like a five year repayment deal with the the various people he bought these things from. So he's lying there stressing his little bracket out because this contract is ending end of this month and then he doesn't have any work and he doesn't know how he's gonna pay back his fast wheels and his big screen TV. So he's really stressing about his financial situation. So when I tell you all that, does that does that look like a very happy family over there? You know, how, how can, how, how externals can so hide what things are really like? Yeah. Now, I, I want to say, okay, let's, let, let's, let's flip the script. Let's flip the script on this. And let's say that these people in this picture, they serve the Lord. And these people are trusting God's word for their various situations. What would it look like? Firstly, the waiter over there, sure, he's disappointed that he didn't get the role of uh, the, the cool dude lying on the stretcher. But he knows, Romans 8 verse 28, God works all things for the good of those who love him. He's been loving God for many years. He has no resentment to his friend that his friend got the, 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 the main role. He knows that God has worked good. He's trusted God when he went for the auditions for this role. And he knows that God has given him the best role. There's no resentment towards anybody. He's grateful that he gets to to be able to act in this ad and that he has got this job and he's just so grateful. And he doesn't mind that he's hot and that he's in the suit. He's like, thank you, Lord, for this break. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Is there a difference? It's chalk and cheese. Okay. The, the lady there whose, whose boyfriend uh, broke up with her, um, she's a believer. She was reading in Psalm 126 recently that the Lord restores the fortunes of Israel. She's trusting that this relationship with a boyfriend would be restored. She, said, she, she read in Psalm 126 that those who sow in weeping will reap in joy. She's wept, she's cried, she's been deeply hurt by this breakup, but she's trusting God to be restored. She's not trying to make out with a dude next to her at all. She's trusting for restoration of this relationship with a boyfriend. She's got life inside of her because of the word from Psalm 126. And the dude lying there on on the stretcher, he believes that God will supply all his needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus in Philippians chapter 4. He is so grateful that God has provided this contract for him, this ad that he can do. He has not gone to buy fast wheels or a big, biggest flat screen TV he can find. In fact, he's passionate about seeing the kingdom of God advance. He has a particular passion for Africa and he is lying there thinking, God, thank you for this amazing contract. God, I am... I'm, he's thinking how much of this money he can sow into advancing the kingdom to see people come to know God, to see the kingdom of God advance. That's his story. All of them inspired by different scriptures. All of them having a very different narrative. All of them experiencing life, the life of God flowing through them in those situations. How different is that to the other, you know, typical um, sort of soapy, you know, isidingo, days of your lives, I don't even know what the things the first story, don't you think it was a bit of a days of your lives, you know, isidingo, whatever story. The second story is the story that that we love. It's the story that sadly doesn't make TV headlines, doesn't make soapies, but I'm looking forward to to that some drama people start telling stories of life. Stories of life. Amen. So we are actually going to look at a story of life, and uh, on the next slide, so I said we're looking at John 5. So what happens in the book of John, John looks at, he, he basically tells amazing miracle stories in John 4, the story of the woman at the well. In John 5, it's the story of Jesus healing the man at the pool of Siloam. This dude has been lame for 38 years. He's been lying at this pool for years, waiting for an angel to come stir the pool before he can get in every time. Basically somebody gets in and Jesus meets him there folks. Jesus walks past a whole lot of other sick sick lame and lazy people, okay? And he goes to one man. He chooses this guy and he speaks to him. And Jesus in verse 8, Jesus said to him, "Get up, take up your bed and walk." And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed Folks, there's no indication in the this, in this Scripture that Jesus laid hands on him. There's no indication that Jesus specifically prayed for him. Jesus spoke words of life. He said, get up, take up your bed, and walk. He just spoke. And the man did rubo. Okay, He didn't read the Word. He heard the Word. He understood the Word. He believed the Word. And he obeyed the word. And he stood up. And now what I want us to do, Cynthia is amazing. As I was, as I was reading the story, she quickly Googled, she found a video. No, she didn't. <laughs> I got the video for you last night, okay? But I'm glad you think that of our amazing team that serves you every Sunday. So I'm gonna well, Cynthia's gonna play, a short, four-minute video. And when I was telling Jen this, she said. Why don't you? From The Chosen. Now The Chosen is a new uh, series that has been done literally over the last year or two. It's a series and you can get a lot of it on YouTube. I encourage you to do it. So the the first season was I think six episodes, maybe eight, I forget. And they've just done the second season end of last year which we just finished. We're waiting for the third season to come out. And remember, these are people who are I mean, I'm saying in the movie, they're trying to recreate the scenario. We don't know exactly what it was like. But this is the scene at the pool of Siloam where Jesus speaks these words. Let's look at it. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? (laughs) Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? (laughs) Sir? I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so, look at me, look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping or getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing, and you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this, poor. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat. To walk like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Yo, 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 yo. So powerful. You know, folks, it depicts a number of things I just want to highlight. Did you see the Pharisees in the background? Now, if you read the Scripture, the Pharisees confronted this guy. And you know what they confronted him on? That he was carrying his mat, and it was a Sabbath. And they said, why are you carrying your mat? This is a Sabbath. You're breaking Sabbath rules. You know, today we look at that and we say, oh, come on, don't be so small-minded. Can't you see what just has happened? But folks, you know, rules and regulations. Humanity has a propensity to want to just boil things down and give me rules and regulations. I remember one time I was dealing with a a couple who had teenage kids. And, And they were like... Pastor, tell me, which movies can we allow our kids to watch? They wanted me to give them rules and regulations. It's like, I can't do that. And this thing, but I, but, but I want to bring it closer. Folks, we often have things inside of us that limit God. I want to highlight this guy thought the only way you could get healed was by getting into the pool. He was like, are you going to take me to the pool? And Jesus said, no, I'm not taking you to the pool. He said, you don't need the pool. You need me. We have a way. We, We put God in a box. We think the only way God can do this, for example, provision. We think the only way God can provide for me is through, if I get this contract and you have like, I have to get this contract. If I don't, the world's going to end. But God has like, well, what about that contract? And what about this option? And what about... Folks, are you open to the Lord working in your life in maybe different ways? Maybe He's not going to use the pool of Siloam to bring the answer, to bring the solution. Maybe that guy or that girl is not the one. I don't know, but Jesus does. Maybe you need to say, "Lord, (laughs) maybe you're going to heal me another way, except the pool of Siloam." I don't know what that is. Yeah, my wife says, you know, maybe it's not a packet of life cigarettes if you can still find them. Okay, and life cigarettes represents all kind of dependencies we have different things for some of us it's shopping you know retail therapy for some of us it's netflix for some of us it's social media you know when you're like oh feeling down let me see what lets me look at some what my friends are doing on instagram or twitter or snapchat or whatever people use nowadays what is your pool of silo jesus is all we need folks This is what the Bible says. And and so what happens in John, the Pharisees now come to Jesus and they say, what on earth are you doing? This is a Sabbath. How can you heal this guy on a Sabbath? They confront the guy about carrying the mat. It's like you're breaking the laws. So in verse 19, Jesus is speaking now actually to the Pharisees. And let's look at what he says. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, The Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. And you know what Jesus is saying here to the Pharisees was one of the main things that they wanted to kill Him about. Jesus was telling them, listen, this is how it happens. So remember, more than once it highlights that Jesus would get up early and spend time with the Father. Now we don't know the inside track, but I I know how God has worked in and through our lives over many years. Maybe that morning while Jesus was praying, the Father showed him a picture of the pool of Siloam that day on the Sabbath and gave him a vision. Of this guy who'd been lying there for ages. And so when Jesus went in he, to, that, to that, that pool area. Why did he walk past all the other lame and, and sick people? Because there was one man that the father had showed him that he needed to go to. He had, it says over here. But only what he sees the father doing. And he had seen that the Father wanted to heal this guy. And Father, that, and folks, that is how, that's how we do life as well. It's like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Yeah, we can pray for everybody in the pool of Siloam. But what happens if there's just one person today that the Lord has laid on your heart? Sure, the whole world needs a prayer from you for Jesus. Amen? But what happens if there's just one person? And you're like, yeah, but Lord, you know, that person, well, he's actually my boss. And you know, Lord, it's not appropriate, you know, to offer to pray for your boss. Yeah, but that's the person that the Father is wanting you to pray for today. So we go like, yeah, but Lord, you know, I'd rather pray for the secretary down the, down the corridor, you know, because, you know, I, it's easy to pray for her. I've often prayed for her. Lord, can I rather pray for the secretary? No, but I want you to offer to pray for your boss. Let's go on. It says over here, verse 20, For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And so what Jesus was doing at the Pool of Solomon, He, he had seen that the Father was doing this, and He was just cooperating with the Father. And He said, "In greater works than these will He show Him so that you may marvel. I, I like the word marvel. I mean, there's comics made about it. But folks, do you still have some God marvel in your life? Were you just like, wow. But folks, often it means that then we go to offer to pray for our boss and not the secretary down the, down the corridor because the marvel will come when we, when we do what the Father is showing us to do. And He says... Verse 21 For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. Folks, Jesus spoke about the greater deeds. I mean, one of the greatest miracles is the cross of Calvary, Jesus Himself being resurrected when every demon in hell. Remember when Jesus died on the cross, it went dark. I mean, I personally believe it's just because there's so many. Spirits of wickedness that were trying to keep Jesus in the grave. Not all the forces in hell could keep Jesus in the grave. On the third day, He rose again. Amen. And that resurrection speaks to every one of us. I remember hearing somebody say this. It's amazing. All Christians believe that one day, God will resurrect them. But they sometimes battle to believe that God can... Heal their friend if they pray for them. Folks, what's a greater miracle? Resurrection from the dead or just healing? Surely, seeing healing, seeing life come to somebody's body is a little glimpse of resurrection life. Because in resurrection, He's he's in effect healing the whole body, surely. I mean, every cell in your body is coming back to life. So healing is a glimpse of resurrection and Jesus is bringing this connection over here. Between, I healed somebody, but can you see there's resurrection life coming? And resurrection life is eternal life. For as the Father raised the dead and gives them life, there's that word life again. So also the Son gives life to whom He will. Yeah, Jesus is saying saying the Son gives life to whom He will. But remember, He's already said just three verses before that my will is aligned to the Father's will. Let's go on. The next verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He doesn't come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I called a friend of mine recently. I just want to tell you a quick story. I called a friend of mine recently, and I was finding out how my friend was doing, and you know, as 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 for many of us, it's like what did you do for holiday? Where'd you go for Christmas? And this friend of mine had been to visit a a relative. I'm gonna say just a relative. And I'm going to give this relative a name so that so that we I'm just gonna say his relative the relative's name was Andre. And so went and were visiting his relative Andre and andre stays down in the cape in a lovely part of the cape i'm not going to say where in the cape a lovely house in a lovely part of the cape and my friend was telling how he had been to play golf with andre and i was asking him about about andre what's he doing because i've chatted to my friend and and he's told me about this relative of his and uh, uh, last i had heard andre had had been on the family farm which is up north of the country um, it was a family farm, and Andre had been helping his dad on the farm. Now Andre is in the Cape, and I said, "How come? What's he doing?" He said, "No, he's he's staying there, and he's managing the farm remotely. In other words, he's got a manager on the farm, and you know, he calls this guy once or twice a week and manages the farm remotely." And I'm thinking, "Wow, Andre has this amazing life." Um, Andre is now staying in a very nice house, very nice area. And, you know, he makes one or two calls a week to the farm manager, plays golf the rest of the week. I'm thinking, gee was Andre has it made. Okay, this is a real-life story, folks. I'm not making any of this up. So then I said, but, but how's Andre doing? He said, Andre's really battling. He's going through a major midlife crisis. He's struggling with depression and etc." I said, what? You know I'm thinking? How can this be? He's, he's like... He's got this remote job, somebody he's playing golf, staying in a beautiful place. And he said, "No, well, let me tell you the backstory." story. Andre got involved with business dealings, entered into business contracts with a lady in an African country who was the president's daughter. I'm not going to say what nation, and I'm not going to say who the president of this nation was. And he was involved in some mining contracts and deals with this lady. And unfortunately, as so often happens, the president got out of office, and then they discovered rampant corruption and discovered that uh, the president's daughter in particular had uh, listened. I mean, I, I know the story. I won't give it, but makes our state capture seem insignificant in South Africa, compared to what what the news articles say about the president's daughter who did and everything. So this guy Andre is in was in was in was in cahoots with the president's daughter, who is just ransacking the country. So now the new guys in power, and and now. There are court cases, and they are taking back assets. I mean, and, and the court cases are to prosecute. <laughs> so now I heard from my, my friend that his family member Andre was literally bringing millions back to South Africa and was plowing it into the farm, the family farm, did a major new farming venture on the farm. Now he's literally fighting for his life. He he hasn't just lost all the business ventures he was in. He's now being prosecuted for corruption because he was in cahoots with a corrupt person. And the millions that he brought back and invested in the family farm, it has all gone gone up in smoke. This business venture has gone nowhere. And he is... (laughs) When he told him that, I was like, I can understand why Andre is depressed and going through a midlife crisis right now. Spending millions on court cases just trying to defend himself, trying not to go to jail in an African country up north somewhere. You can imagine. And I asked this. I said to to my friend, I said, "Does, does Andre serve the Lord? And he said, well, he used to go to church, but... He has not been going to church since all this happened. That's all my friends said. Now, there's a lot, and I'm not judging Andre. I have no idea where his spiritual life is. I don't know about you, but if I'm going through that kind of a storm, I'm like, I'm in church, I'm in prayer meetings, I'm fasting with every fast there is. I'm like, God, I need you. I need breakthrough. But I want to submit this to you. You know, the Bible says, for example... Do not be unequally yoked, using the analogy of oxen in those days that they used to plough with. And it you couldn't put like a big ox and a little ox together because the yoke, which was the piece of wood that would go over their necks, would not be evenly matched. You had to put two oxen that were the similar size and strength together to get that thing to go straight. And And I I don't know Andre's story, I, I, I literally am telling you the facts I know, but I know too many people who just on that biblical principle of do not be unequally yoked, have got into so much trouble. Folks, if a president's daughter comes to you and offers you millions, just do some due diligence and find out a little bit about this person. What is their character like? What kind of business dealings are they doing before you put your two cents in with them to try and make a billion bucks? And again, what am I saying? You know, it's when I put that picture of, 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 the, of the, the beautiful bodies on the beach, I was like, those are two different stories. And as I was thinking of that, I just thought of my friend and his family member. And I was like, this poor person This poor guy, Andre, is not experiencing life. But, you know, the kind of things he's got into has not been according to God's word either. To go into business with a corrupt person, I don't recommend it to anybody. That house of cards is going to collapse. But Jesus promises life. You know, Jesus in, in, in that video clip, I want to bring it back to this. Remember, Peter comes in and just in, 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 that, in the chosen, that character comes at the end, that one of the disciples is Peter. And Peter said, he said, you know, you better pick up your mat. Don't forget your mat. And he picks up his mat. He says, why must I pick up my mat? my mat? And he says, well, you're not coming back here again. You're not going to need that mat anymore. And folks... What are some of the things that you and I, we maybe need to discard? What are the mats we need to get rid of? Because, because why? Because you've got the Word of God. God said to you, X, Y, Z. And the Scripture says, verse 25, Truly, truly, I say to you, an eye is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Now, That, Jesus saying the dead, is multi-applications. Absolutely, it speaks towards the end of time where the angel will sound the trumpet and the dead in Christ will arise. It applies to that as well. But, folks, it applies to us as well. In areas of our lives where we are like, oh, that is dead. That was such a mess up. God, I don't know if you'll ever be able to forgive me in that area, whether it's a relationship or studies or finances or whatever. Areas that are dead, you're like, Oh, folks, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, those who hear will live. Are you okay to say, God, I'm okay to hear your voice in those areas where there has been death? The dead will hear. And look what Jesus says. Whereas the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. There's life in Jesus. God's Word brings life. This man, who for 38 years had been lame, experienced life through Jesus' words. Fifty-three times John writes in his book, the Gospel of John, Writes about life. And seven times says this life is actually eternal life. And you know folks, I'm one of my prayers, I said this when we were praying before the service, one of my prayers is that you would hear the words of life from your Jesus. I say your Jesus because yes, He's my Jesus, but I want Him to be your Jesus. And I want us to I want us to close and i'm 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 asking media team if you could just play maybe you just play that song you were playing earlier it's a good song and i want us to i want to give you two opportunities to hear words of life from jesus i'm going to ask uh, we've got a number of people a prophetic team trained to minister prophetically they're going to come up in the front and we'll socially distance they're going to just space themselves around here if you'd like some prayer from one of our prophetic team, then you're welcome to come here. But I'll ask the media team to play some music because I'm wanting if you if you if you're not feeling the grace, you don't have to come, if you don't have to come to to get to receive prayer. Maybe it's just very personal that you need to just bring an area to the Lord to hear words of life. To hear words of life. We're going to put on music. And I want to say take a minute or two or three or five. If you need to go, God bless you. We, we will close the service. If you need to go, if it's not your thing, God bless. There's no 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 condemnation, no guilt, no etc. You can go if you need to. But you've got two chances. You could either just wait to come to a prophetic team. You can sit right where you are. Open your Bible. I don't know if you journal. Maybe there's a space. You can take a note on your phone. Sit with expectations and Lord, what do you say? So Lord, would you speak words of life? God, we were created. We were created to hear your voice. You said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. Lord, your qualification for us to hear your voice is to be sheep, Lord. Not apostles or pastors or popes. but sheep. So God, we come as sheep. We come as sheep, and Lord, I pray that we would hear you, the still, small voice of the Spirit of God, Lord, speaking words of life to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.thathispeoplepmb.co.ca. And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb@gmail.com, at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.